In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Uh, I am happy to join all of you uh, tonight in uh, this meeting, uh, your Coptic family. Uh, and uh, I am also happy uh, to reflect on the words of uh, Pope Shenouda, uh, the three common words that he used to mention uh, God is present or existent among us everything has an end and everything works out for good tonight we'll speak about the first word God exists in our families and definitely God exists in our family and in every uh, family because God is omnipresent but sometimes we don't uh, feel his existence among us not because of his absence but because our eyes are clouded and uh, spiritually blind Uh, that's why we cannot feel his existence among us. So the focus of our lecture tonight, actually, how uh, we allow the Holy Spirit to open our eyes in order to enjoy uh, God's existence among us in our families. And the key point to experience this is communication with God and I will speak tonight about communication with God as a family not as an individual to experience the existence of God in the family actually communicating with God as a family is called spiritual intimacy it brings all the members of the family in a strong union together. Building a spiritual intimacy is not easy, but definitely it worth the effort. Why? Because when we communicate with God and we build the spiritual intimacy between all the members of the family, this will help in developing trust, oneness, and closeness. It will be easy to trust one another and to feel the bond of oneness and how we are connected, we are close to each other. And these three things, trust, oneness, and closeness, are important foundations for a Christian family. Also, when we feel the existence of God among us, definitely this will reduce the conflict. Either we have God in our midst, or we will have the devil, and we give the devil place in our families. Uh, if we don't actually allow God to exist in our families, then the devil will exist and the devil will cause 
conflict, divisions, and sometimes ends in divorce. Uh, communicating with God and developing spiritual intimacy also provide a secure spiritual foundation to the family. We are building our families on rock, not on sand. This spiritual foundation will help the family to be strong during the time of hardships and trials. Also, it strengthens the bond of marriage and strengthens the relationship between parents and children because all of us, we have a shared spiritual focus. All of us, we share the same spiritual focus to glorify God who is in our midst. Having God in our midst and experiencing Him also introduces hope and joy into our families. As the Lord told us, and I will see you, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy from you. Feeling the existence of God and experiencing it, develop a home environment where there is safety, peace, love, and forgiveness. We will feel safe because if God is with us, who will be against us? And we'll feel his peace, the peace that surpasses all our understanding. As the Lord told us, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give you. Also, God is love. And if we have God in our midst, then we will love one another unconditionally, sacrificially, and limitlessly. And having God in our midst will teach us how to forgive one another because we will remember the forgiveness of God on the cross toward each one of us. Also, experiencing the existence of God in our midst establish the groundwork for a spiritual legacy in our families. Uh, so, how, in a practical way, how to experience the existence of God in our midst? We are actually all the time in communication with God. Either God communicates with us, or we communicate with Him. God communicates with us in different ways. Sometimes we like God to communicate with us in a very strong uh, and manifested way. But this not only this is not always the way. When we study the scripture, we saw God several times communicate through silence 
or through whispering or through shouting. For example, the last verse in Genesis 16, we read that Abraham was 86 years old. And the following verse, which is Genesis 17, verse 1, we read, And when Abraham was 99 years old, God spoke to him. So, between age of 86 and 99, God did not communicate with Abraham. For 13 years, God was silent with Abraham. And when God is silent, sometimes we feel that God is not responding to our prayer. But there is a rule in communication. It says you cannot not communicate. So even when you are silent, you are communicating. So when God was silent these 13 years, He was communicating a message to Abraham because Abraham, when God told him, your children will be like the sand of the sea and the stars of the heaven, he thought about an earthly way to fulfill God's promise by marrying Hagar and having Ishmael from her. That's why God did not communicate for 13 years with Abraham to tell him and to communicate this message. You cannot actually fulfill my promises with earthly wisdom or earthly ways. That's why after 13 years, the first uh, word he told him, walk before me and be perfect. And he told him, by Sarah, you will have a son. So, silence, when God is silent, there is a meaning and purpose behind his silence. And also, God whispers. In First King chapter 19, when Elijah was afraid from Isabel, and actually he escaped uh, from the face of uh, Isabel. And God actually tried to communicate with uh, Elijah. But Elijah, uh, God said to Elijah in First Kings chapter 19, verse 12, Then God said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. So sometimes we expect God actually to to shout like in, in, in the strong wind, in the storm. But God was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. And Elijah said, definitely this is God. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. 
And Elijah said, definitely God is in the fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a small, still voice. A still, small voice. And this was God. Here God was whispering. Sometimes, we, in order to feel the existence of God in, in, in our midst, we want God to be like earthquake, like storm or fire. Uh, and if God is not working in a very, very uh, manifested way, we doubt his existence among us. But from the story of Elijah, we learn, no, God can be working even if he is whispering. It's like when you are in a plane. If you look at the window, as if the plane is not moving, although the plane actually is moving very, very fast. In the same way, sometimes our perception as if God is not moving, not doing anything, although God is working in a very strong way. God wants us when he whispers, he wants us to be able to recognize his voice. Also, sometimes God shouts, either through trials or tribulations or hardships, or to send his voice in a very strong way. He shouted in the story of Jonah. We can see how God communicated with Jonah through the storm, through the whale, through the sailors. So God was shouting in the ears of Jonah. The point I want to uh, make it clear here, many times we want God to be shouting in order to feel his existence and his presence among us. But this is not always the case. As I told you, God sometimes whispers, God sometimes is silent, God sometimes is shouting, but in all these ways, he is communicating a message. And we need to have the trained senses in order to experience his presence among us. That's how God communicates with us. Then how we communicate with God as a family. Again, I'm speaking as a family, not as individuals. This is what we call spiritual exercises or a spiritual canon or a spiritual rule. Uh, the purpose of spiritual exercises is not to spend time with God only, but rather to build a relationship with God. And building this relationship with God is what we call uh, spiritual intimacy with God and also makes the presence of God is experienced in a very clear way in the life of the family. Many communicate, but few connects. And this is true about God. Many communicate with God. We see the churches every Sunday is full of worshipers. 
but how many connect with God? In the story of the woman that had bleeding, many people, crowd, were around Jesus Christ. But how many connected with God? How many touched him? Only one person who touched him and was able to receive the power of healing. So the spiritual exercise, the main goal of it is not only to communicate, but to connect, to have a strong relationship with God. That's why it has to be in spirit and truth, as the Lord said to the Samaritan woman. The spiritual exercises, it is our response to God's love toward us. Spiritual exercise, it actually produces in us spiritual growth and maturity. And with the spiritual growth and maturity, we will feel God in our midst and will say, Emmanuel, our God, is now in our midst with the glory of his Father and the Holy Spirit. And as I said before, the presence of God in our midst will give us joy and comfort. And not only will transform the individual, but transform the whole family. As St. Paul said, don't be conformed, but be transformed. I like to speak about some spiritual exercises that we can do as a family together in order to feel and to experience the presence of God. So the cloud that blinds our eye can be removed in order to experience his presence. The first exercise is prayer. With prayer, there is fullness, richness, and a depth of intimacy that cannot be achieved otherwise. Intimacy with God and intimacy with one another when we pray together as a family. Prayer cause other areas in the marriage and also in the relationship between parents and children and between siblings to grow into something that can only be orchestrated by God. When as a family approach God, God actually can uh, heal and can connect us together in a very strong way. Every family needs a place where they can come together at one moment in a quiet place, a place where we have one thing in common, and this one thing is God. In prayer, we will find this quiet place. In prayers, our heart will be revealed and will be known. In prayer, we will drop the fake masks that we put on our faces. So when the heart, our hearts are known and our hearts are heard 
in prayer, intimacy and bond between all the members of the family can be experienced. We have resources of divine grace and love, and these resources are available to each family. These resources of divine grace and love go unused when the family does not include God in their relationship. The only way to have access to the resources of divine grace and love is through prayer. Without God, we are limited to our own human abilities which usually fail. Usually fail. Also, praying together strengthens our commitment to one another. When the family prays together, they are able to claim more promises. For example, the Lord spoke of being present when two or three gather together. And many church fathers said the two or three gather together are the couple and the children. So when we pray as a family, this promise, when the Lord said, if two or together assembled in my name, I be in their midst, we can experience the existence of God in our midst as we pray as a family. Also, the Lord spoke of agreeing together in prayer and how agreeing together in prayer would give greater answers to prayer. So when as a family we pray together and we agree on one thing, God actually promised us to give us great answer. When God attended the wedding of at Cana of Galilee, uh, St. Mary said to the Lord, they don't have wine. They only have waters, jars of water. Wine and water have representation or they are symbols in marriage. And before I explain the symbols, I like to say that uh, a symbol can refer to contradicting things. It depends on the context. For example, the lion can be a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ, the lion who comes out of the tribe of Judah. But also the lion can, can be a symbol of the devil. As St. Peter said, your enemy is like a roaring lion. So here, depend on the context, we have a lion can be a symbol of the Lord Jesus Christ or a symbol of the devil. In the same way, water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, the living water. But in the context of marriage, water symbolizes the absence of love. As we read, in uh, in uh, song chapter 8 love is like fire and water quench the fire of love wine in the context of marriage represent love as we read in song chapter 1 your love is better than wine 
So when St. Mary said to the Lord, they don't have wine, they have water, six jars of water. If we try to read the symbolism here, she is telling him there is no love in this marriage, but there is water, there is everything that can destroy, quench the love in this marriage. With the presence, with the existence of the Lord Jesus Christ, he transformed water into genuine wine. He transformed things that can quench love in the marriage into genuine love, into agape love, unconditional, sacrificial, limitless love. So the existence of God in the family through prayer will actually transform things that can uh, knock down love in the family into a genuine love, the bond, the agabi love among all the members of the family. The second spiritual exercise is the scripture. When the family reads the Bible together, they gain new insight into the scripture. As we study the scripture, we discover how God views the world and our role in the world. Many times we find solutions and answers to our issues when we study the scripture together. So we need to spend the time as a family, not only as individuals, to study scripture together. And we will find answers and solutions to many situations in our life. The word of God is the safest place to which the whole family should go to be comforted and encouraged. When the Ethiopian eunuch went to Jerusalem, as we read in chapter 8 from the book of Acts. He was rejected to enter into the temple of God for two reasons at least, because he is a foreigner and because he is a eunuch. So I'm sure he was sad when he felt rejected and cannot join the people of God in the temple. What did he do? He opened the book of Isaiah. And he started reading from the scripture. And God sent to him Philip to interpret the book of Isaiah and to preach him the good news of salvation. And he can join the family of God through baptism. So the word of God is the safest place to which the whole family should go to be comforted and encouraged. When we read the scripture together and we study the scripture together, we will have one mind and one spirit. The scripture also teaches us that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. As we read in Psalm 22, verse 3, the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. What does this mean? means if we want the Lord to inhabit our family, to inhabit mean, means to take dwelling, to
to have dwelling place in our family, to be existent in our family, then a natural ingredient is to worship together. To worship together. Worshiping together means to go to the church together as a family, at least on the Lord's Day. Of course, if more than this will be beautiful. But at least on the Lord's Day, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. And when we go to worship and praise God, He promised us, the Lord inhabits the praises of His people. In the church, the family will connect with the bigger family of God. So, the bigger family of God, the people of God, are all the believers. So when we go to the church, we connect with the big, bigger family of God. Also, another sp- important spiritual exercise is tithing. To give our tithe to the Lord. As we read in First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2, On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. And as we go to the church to pray, and as we go to the church fasting, the third element beside prayer and fasting is charity. That's why St. Paul said, on the first day of the week, means on every Sunday, on the Lord's Day. Some people, they pay their tithe once a year, at the end of the year, or once a month. But even if you are doing this, every time you enter the church on the Lord's Day, you need actually to pay something can be very small uh, but as the Lord said don't appear in front of me empty-handed and St. Paul said on the first day of the week let each one of you each one of you because it is part of the worship not only the father not only the mother but each one the father, the mother, each child uh, should actually pay and, and express his giving to the Lord on the first day. And then St. Paul said, as he may prosper, which means abundantly, with generosity. When we give the Bible tells us it is more blessed to give than to receive. When we give, we will receive blessing from God. And by receiving the blessing from God, we will feel his existence. And when each member in the family gives, then we will feel the existence of God in our midst. And also, this will train us to be willing to give even our life for the sake of one another and for the sake of God. Another element is fasting together 
as a family. When we fast together, we strengthen the fasting of each other. That's why communal fasting is very important. And speaking about communal fasting for the whole family of God, definitely the family fasting together is very important. When Esther went to meet um, the king, she asked her people to fast for her on her behalf. So fasting together increase spiritual intimacy. Also, it enhances each individual's fasting. Church history tells us about the power of fasting together. Fasting together moved a mountain like a mountain Al-Mu'attam. Fasting together creates a spiritual atmosphere in the whole household. It is a time, we call it time for spiritual storage. We store virtue and we store energy and we store grace that we can use it the rest of the year. Another exercise that will help the family to experience the existence of God is repentance and confession. Especially it's important in the family because repentance and confession is a time to ask forgiveness from one another. Not asking forgiveness from God, but asking forgiveness from one another and seeking reconciliation with one another. It is time to be reconciled in order to be ready uh, for communion. As the Lord told us, if you came to the table of the Lord and you remembered that there is something between you and your brother, leave your offering, go, reconcile first, and then come and offer uh, your worship. Confession and repentance is time to work on our weaknesses, especially the weaknesses that hurt other members in the family. For example, if I have anger or lack of trust or insecurity, many things that actually can hurt other members in the family, repentance and confession help us to work on these weaknesses And thus, actually, we will uh, be harmless toward one another. It is time to put off the old man with all its works and to put on the new man that's renewed in the image of the Creator. This actually leads to the most important uh, exercise in experience experiencing God existence which is communion there is no spiritual intimacy without communion our true unity with the Lord and with one another is through the body of the Lord so in communion we are one with God and we are one with one another. That's why in the fraction, Abuna actually breaks the body 
into 13 pieces. The Lord Jesus Christ, the head, and then the 12 pieces represent the church, the body of Christ. So, in communion, we are one with God and we are one with one another. In communion, we will feel the existence of God, especially if the whole family goes together and take communion in the same day. It is our opportunity to get rid of our selfishness and our centeredness and to enjoy being part of the whole body of Christ. In communion, we turn from individual into just a member. Before communion, we are individual. Individual means non-dividable. Individual, non-dividable. I cannot be shared with others. But after communion, I am just member in the body. I am part of the whole body of Christ. It is time to rejoice together and experience the real strength. In Nehemiah chapter 8, we read, The joy of the Lord is your strength. And communion brings joy to our heart. Uh, as Abuna says after communion, our mouth is filled with joy and our tongues with gladness regarding our partaking of the body and blood of our Lord. Another spiritual exercise that's very important to experience the presence of God is service. And again, I'm speaking when the family, as a family, serve together in the same service. Maybe each one of you, each member in the family, uh, each one uh, can one person serve in the board, another in the uh, as a deacon, a third Sunday school servant. But here I'm speaking about serving together as a family. And one of the greatest challenges of the Christian life is to give our life in service to other under God's direction. But service to God is central to the Christian life. And also it is it plays an important role in developing spiritual intimacy within the family. Actually, there are many service projects that are informal. For example, as a family, you can visit hospitals and you can ask about sick people. As a family, you can visit uh, orphanages or foster homes and uh, or um, places for special needs and you can actually uh, as a family offer them uh, love and show them uh, hospitality so we we as a family should observe an opportunity and agree to make time and to exert the effort to do it together as a family. In such a service, you are not only growing spiritually as individual, 
but also the spiritual bond with one another will grow and the spiritual bond with the whole family of God will grow and the spiritual bond with the whole world will grow and this will enrich the rest of your life. Another important exercise is veneration of saints and again as a family like in the story of Archangel Michael how many families actually uh, commemorate the feast of Archangel Michael and they did charitable deeds uh, to the poor uh, during the feasts of Archangel Michael like Aristarchus and Ephemia. So many families used to do certain celebrations in the commemoration of the saints. It is time to contemplate on their lives as a family. It is time to do charitable deeds in their names. It is time to experience the power of their intercessions and prayers. It's time to experience how the cloud of witnesses, as St. Paul mentioned in Hebrew chapter 12, the cloud of witnesses surrounding us and supporting us. It's also time to educate our children about saints and church fathers. These are our ancestors and uh, spiritual intimacy we are not connecting uh, only with the people in our contemporary life, but as a body of Christ, we connect with every member in the body of Christ since Adam until now. That's why in, in Midnight Praises, we, we ask in the commemoration of the saints, prophets in the Old Testament, apostles, martyrs, um, anchorites, saints to intercede because we feel that we are one with the whole family of God from Adam until actually the end of ages. Um, so we say in Psalm 150, praise God in all his saints. When we praise God in his sins, then we will feel the existence of God. As I told you in the beginning, God is omnipresent. God exists in our family. But many times we have this cloud that blinding our spiritual eyes. The purpose of all these spiritual exercises and other exercises that I did not mention today. The purpose of all these spiritual exercises is to remove this cloud from our eyes in order to be able to feel and to experience the existence of God. God with his angels were around Elisha the prophet, but his disciple Gehazi could not see. He was spiritually blind. That's why Elisha prayed for him and asked the Lord 
to open the eyes of his uh, disciple Gehazi. So we need actually to ask God to open our eyes. Spiritual growth and intimacy is like anything else in our life. It takes time and commitment. It takes time and commitment. It is more about training than trying. As St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 5, those who have their senses trained. So we need to train ourselves into these spiritual exercises. And then we will reap what we sow. All these are seeds and we will reap the fruit of it and will experience the existence of God uh, among us. So when we reach the end of our life, I will not be focused on retirement plan or the uh, retirement plan or the kind of house uh, I am living in or what bank my bank account will look like. But I will be interested in the right relationship with God and right relationship with the members of my family and the whole family of God. So, doing relationship with an eternal perspective uh, is our goal. And if this is our goal, why not start sooner rather than later? Why don't start today? Today, if you hear his voice, we should not harden our hearts. And in this way, we will experience the existence of God in our midst. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.